0: Balls, three fireballs, two cups of coffee, and another fireball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did it. I was expecting you to start higher. I, I don't oh, know why. No, I, you were taking I started on lower me. for you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I just really was going to be like, oh. <laughs> like, I was going to <laughs> pull whatever I could out yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I went low. Yeah. Um, can you tell we're getting to Christmas? <laughs> can you tell it's fucking Christmas in here? Mm. Uh, mm. Yes. Thank you for joining us, listener, on another episode of The Uh-Oh Feeling, episode 98. Oh, my God. 98. That's so weird. Emily. That's so
1: weird. I literally can't handle
0: it. I don't know what we're going to do. We have some really cool stuff coming up the pipe, actually. We do. So um, just keep Stick watching. Around. Yeah, stick around. Uh, we do have some cool stuff this time, though, because you are on part three of your third party. I am. And I am... I don't
1: know if I'd describe it as cool, but... I mean, it's... It's sad. It's informative. It's
0: angry-inducing. It's angry-inducing. I am dead inside from the previous one, so I'm actually... I'm like, uh, ooh. I'll probably be fine. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, challenge <laughs> accepted. No, Emily. <laughs> I don't actually want the challenge. Uh, but then... Cause this time you have to go first. Which means I'm gonna do one that it's like just to tease it for you. I know you know about it. Oh god. Because everyone's heard of this one. We haven't done this one. I think because it's like big people know about it. People have heard about it. It happened a a few years back and it's kind of like it's like a big tall tale. I'm absolutely like doing a lot of hand gestures right now. But there's more details than I was aware of. So I decided to do it this time. We need to
1: try our coffees
0: okay so emily you brought us i did some coffees i did and they're they're seasonal yes and they're like very beautiful starbucks cool brew they've got the cold foam yeah what what's yours so again?
1: you got the apple crisp macchiato yes and then i got an iced peppermint mocha
0: oh that sounds so good now
1: yeah, we're both with the vanilla cold foam sick
0: yeah um I'm so excited. It is 644 on a Monday. These are decaf. These are decaf. (laughs) (laughs) We're old. (laughs) Oh, Mm. my God. Mine is, like, this beautiful ombre. I can't wait to get to the rest of the drink. There's, like,
1: caramel on the bottom. Very Mm. good. And then I did also show up with six mini bottles of Fireball. Hence the song
0: from before.
1: We don't need to drink all six. Again, Probably it's a Monday. Shouldn't Emily. <laughs> Monday shmonday. Monday shmonday. Look, Monday. I may have a spreadsheet for my entire week because I'm insanely busy.
0: You know what? Your spreadsheet helped me because today I was trying to <laughs> fill in my calendar <laughs> on Google and I was like, shit, when, when are these things taking place? Like what we're doing this upcoming weekend. And I was like, Emily just sent me a fucking JPEG of her yeah. week. I'm going to check yeah. and I'll figure it out. And you're there.
1: involved in a lot of my after work activities There's so much. Week. It's like
0: rec- maybe record with Taylor. Yeah. Maybe record with Taylor. Yeah. Hang out. Yeah out with cat and taylor yeah
1: and then our tabletop game on saturday with yeah. taylor and it's then, weird oh, how dinner much dinner with see taylor me. on wednesday night at a friend's house yes you
0: was- you see me arguably too much it's probably wow. more than anyone else does wow. good for you too much i didn't say i see you too much you see me too much <laughs> <laughs> this is my fault <laughs> all right are we ready we're gonna get are s- you ready? I mean, no, Emily. I wasn't ready last time or the time before that or any time you've looked at me and said, are you ready? Like, I've <laughs> never been ready. <laughs> but fair. I've learned That's from fair. experience that we yeah. just
1: have to go with it. All right. All right. So it's time for us to go over why we, as Americans, can't have nice things. <laughs> like. That old song and dance? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Peaceful protests without governmental or police interference that escalates the situation. Mm -hmm. And why usually isn't the people protesting who are responsible for the radicalization of once-peaceful groups, but instead the institutions that are built on oppression of those they view as lesser than Mm -hmm. by doing the only thing they know how to do to control the situation, which is violence. Um, It's crazy that tear-gassing a group of people who are peacefully assembling, makes everything worse. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never seen that happen Never seen that happen. Definitely not in in our lifetime. 60 years, that has never happened. Not even once. Not even once. Let's look at our timetable. Okay. Of where we're at.
0: That sounds nice. That sounds simple and easy. So,
1: you know, Operation Menu, just Mm -hmm. a quick review, started March 18th of 1969. Nice and ran through May 26th of 1970. Remember that date? Mhm. May 26th. Okay. It's interesting. Let's start with a quote from a presidential address on April 30th of 1970. Okay, from our good good friend Richard Nixon. Great. We love him. The greatest orator of our time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really yeah. He, got, yeah. he got elected that because was he's it. so good at <laughs> That's talking. Him. Him and Hoover, best <laughs> people. That's, that's
0: my impression of yeah. Nixon.
1: And I did watch this speech, and he's not good. Quote, this is not an invasion of Cambodia. Okay. Already a lie. The areas in which these attacks will be launched are completely occupied and controlled by North Vietnamese forces. Okay. We've proven that's a lie. Uh-huh. Our purpose is not to occupy these areas. That's true. Once enemy forces are driven out of these sanctuaries and once their military supplies are destroyed, we will withdraw. Now let's take a look at when the U.S. actually pulled out of Cambodia and stopped bombing. Uh Uh-huh. August 1973.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, God, it went on for so long. Four fucking years. years.
1: After when he's like, we're After. not invading. Nothing's yeah. happening. This, this is, is just. fine. We're just, you know, expanding the war in Vietnam. We're pulling troops out of Vietnam and sending them to Cambodia, just for you know a little bit. All right. So I'm going to try and power through this as quickly as possible. Okay, I'm gonna I drink a get, little fireball. Yeah, I did get my notes down from 28 pages to 14. So and you know you bitch. Hey, you said 10. <laughs> I you said I try. I try for 10. All right. And I do have a picture and all of that. So really, right now, I'm down to 12 with where we're at. Okay, All right. I will try. Just drink the fireball. It'll make it go faster. That's fine. You're right. (laughs) So I feel like everyone in the US is at least familiar with the Kent State shootings, also known as the May 4th Massacre or the Mm. Kent State Massacre.
0: Mm Mm-hmm
1: four students were killed and then nine were wounded by the Ohio National Guard because the National Guard does great things for everyone all the fucking time when they're pulled into a situation. All students upward of 300 in attendance were unarmed and attending a peaceful rally. Interesting.
0: 300, 300. too. It's like
1: yeah, that's kind of a lot at a yeah. rally,
0: but it's also not that it could, it could not a street riot. No. It's not huge. No. It's
1: not, okay. And they were Obviously, in opposition to the expansion of the Vietnam War into Cambodia by the U.S., Mm -hmm. and then we're also protesting the National Guard being on campus, who were there because in the week building up to May 4th, there had been a lot of protests in Kent, Ohio, and Mm -hmm. around campus, and there had been a bombing. I think it was either a bombing or fire they'd set fire to the uh rotc building
0: oh okay yeah i feel like i i remember that being part of it yeah so that's why they deployed the national guard like look at these scary students they definitely need
1: yeah they definitely need armed soldiers a
0: military presence on their
1: campus that will help the governor (laughs) was doing great everything's fine uh, so, this was the first time a student had been killed in an anti-war gathering in U.S. history. Wow. Not the last! No. Woo! That's for fucking sure. Yay! 28 National Guard soldiers fired approximately 67 rounds over a period of 13 seconds, killing four students and then wounding the nine others, one of whom did suffer permanent paralysis. Oh, shit. So... Unsurprisingly. I can't even believe
0: it was not more people somehow. After right. hearing that well, many rounds over that I many seconds. I will get into
1: why it wasn't. Whew, okay. And it's a very good lesson on why you should listen to your professors. <laughs> Alrighty. righty. So, unsurprisingly, the shooting triggered immediate and massive outrage on the campus. Oh, no shit, huh? Uh, and around the country, mm-hmm. because word fucking got out. Like, we didn't have... There wasn't texting and Facebook and everything. Sure. But national news and phone lines, that shit spread like wildfire. I have
0: to imagine that, like, okay, there's probably going to be shitty people on the other side of things. Oh, we'll get that, to that.
1: Yeah. But, like, I
0: got to think that things spread so fast because most people were like, that's awful. How mm-hmm. could they have let that happen? Yep. Those poor students. Like,
1: so massive outrage. More than 4 million students participated in organized walkouts at hundreds of universities, colleges, wow. and high schools, Wow! which was the largest student strike in the history of the U.S. at that time. Good and then it the youth. further affected public opinion of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Not positively. No. No. <laughs> no. No. So, like we said, there'd been the fire at the ROTC building Monday, May 4th. They did a protest at noon that had been planned three days earlier. University officials had told them they weren't allowed to gather and had been handing out leaflets saying that the event was canceled. Oh,
0: wow. But
1: 2,000 people gathered at the university's commons near Taylor Hall for the morning protest.
0: You know how you get people to come to a thing? You tell them not to come. Yeah, you tell them they can't.
1: You say, this is not happening. I'm not allowing it. And they're like, yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. I was actually thinking I wouldn't go, but now I'm definitely yeah, going to be there.
1: watch me. <laughs> so wow. they began the protest by ringing the campus's iron victory bell, which was usually historically um, rung to signal victories in football games. Mm. So that was the beginning of the rally. And then two to 300 protesters gathered around the victory bell with like a thousand more up on the hill behind the first crowd and it was mainly students with some non-students including like Kent State dropouts and high school students who had come Uh, while it was leaderless it was peaceful and pretty quiet they were listening to people speak
0: yeah that's usually a sign of a good protest
1: Yeah, when they all (laughs) sit down and listen Mm -hmm. yeah no one's rowdy nope so the National Guard, they tried to make the students go. The students didn't want to go. And the school's decision to not allow the gathering did end up going to the U.S. Court of Appeals. Oh, shit. Which then ruled that the school and had the right to ban the gatherings and that the National Guard was in the right for trying to get them to disperse. Really? Yeah, because Intr- private institutions. Oh, so that means they property. have the right. It's right. Yeah. So at about noon, National Guard was able to get a bullhorn from the university to police department, yelling right. at the crowd to move on. But no one moved, <laughs> and they're saying that it was too faint to hear. But I'm just like, I mean. No. Fuck it. No.
0: There's two thousand people, so I bet some people were like, Yep, nope. hearing you loud and clear, buddy. And <laughs> yeah. I'm deliberately not moving. And some people were like, What's that guy yelling about
1: 50 yards away? So they went on a Jeep with like the National Guard Jeep using the bullhorn again. Uh students flipped off the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and yes. And then
1: started singing protest songs and chanting. <laughs> uh So they were saying that rocks were thrown at the Jeep. Mm, Okay. But again, orders were ignored. (laughs) No one moved. Okay. So after they failed to move, they then decided uh, that they would fire tear gas into the crowd because this de-escalates the situation. Mm -hmm. And it definitely doesn't make people angry Mm -mm. and wanting to stay even more. Haven't you heard about escalation through de-escalation? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard mm. about that? <laughs> mm. Not familiar, no. <laughs> um, well, the National Guard invented it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the canisters fell short. It really just kind of only made them move. Like adjust.
0: Sure. What, like just stay out of where the yeah. tear gas is. They pulled and then...
1: back, but like adjusted a bit. Sure. Sure. And some people did, you know, do the standard thing of throwing the canisters back at the National Guard. Uh huh. Yes,
0: that is standard by now for sure. Yep.
1: (laughs) Uh, The crowd did also begin to chant "Pigs off campus." Sorry, Uh, the youth are always cool.
0: (laughs) Like I know these guys grow up to be some fucking squares, but uh, they were cool then.
1: Not all of them. (sighs) Some of them are still cool. So crowd didn't move. Again, not moving. So the National Guard was told, all right, advance. And mind you, their weapons, they're carrying M1 rifles. Some had 45 caliber handguns. Mm. The rifles had bayonets. Oh, why? Great question. Why? Now, this is when it gets kind of wishy-washy is there was a lot of misinformation that got thrown out. Different reports. Shocked. Yeah. But they said National Guard was, like, supposed to fire into the air. They didn't. Obviously. So. just shouldn't be firing. (laughs) Ding, ding.
0: (laughs) Ding, ding. I I think I already see the flaw in the plan.
1: Uh, so the students retreated as they were advancing because they then tried with tear gas again. Mm. And they had they headed over Blanket Hill into the commons area. A loose group moved northeast along the front of Taylor Hall, um, some continuing to a parking lot. And then the guardsmen pursued them. And there was like shooting and it was not great so i have a quote from an eyewitness account Mm -hmm. the shots were definitely coming my way because when a bullet passes over your head it makes a crack Mm. i hit the ground behind the curve looking over i saw a student hit he stumbled and fell to where he was running towards a car another student tried to pull him behind the car bullets were coming through the windows of the car as the Whoa. student fell behind the car, another, I saw another student go down next to the curb on the far side of the automobile, maybe 25 or 30 yards from where I was lying. It was maybe 25, 30, 35 seconds of sporadic firing. The firing stopped. I lay there maybe 10 or 15 seconds. I got up. I saw four or five students lying on the around the lot. By this time, it was like mass hysteria. Students were crying. They were screaming for ambulances. I heard some girls screaming, they didn't have blanks. They didn't have blanks. No, they didn't. Because that was the other thing that was being kind of thrown around in the group. Because you had some people who were protesting who were, because of the draft, Mm -hmm. had been pulled into the Army or the Navy or wherever, whatever branch. Yeah. And... People were asking him, like, their guns are loaded with blanks, right? It's blanks. Like, there's no way they came to this thing
0: with real bullets to shoot us. That's not how this works. And they're like, yeah, it's probably blanks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then the first shot rang, they're like, that's not blanks. That's That's not not what a blank. That's not blanks. Looks like.
0: Yeah, that's awful. I would argue that if the intimidation factor was really all it was supposed to be for. Yeah. Those guns don't need to be loaded at all. No. Fucking stupid
1: so the shooting happened it's mass chaos and students are like they're screaming for people to leave and the students are angry and they're like no fuck you and they start staging a sit-in right there right fucking as it's there. happening oh god they're like no 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 we're not leaving and they hunker down and they like are lock in arms and they're like no you have to fucking drag us out of here
0: wow After being fired at. See, that's the part at which I would think people would really actually be like, actually, no, I am getting out of here. That's crazy. It's embarrassing. They wanted
1: answers, and they wanted answers right there. Mm -hmm. And an officer told them, disperse or we will shoot again. The fuck you will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. The National Guard commander was warning faculty members, like, I'm going to try and talk to an adult even okay, though they're all college adults. students are all adults. They're all a voting adult. Uh, telling them that the students needed to go. And they needed to go now. <laughs> so a geology professor and the faculty marshal, Glenn Frank, is the one who got through to the students because his son was also there. Oh, shit. Uh, quote that he said to the students, I don't care whether you've never listened to anyone before in your lives. I am begging you right now. If you don't disperse right now, they're going to move in, and it will only be a slaughter. Would you please listen to me? Jesus Christ, I don't want to be a part of this. Damn. It sounds like he is panicking. Yeah.
0: Just in the way. There's a
1: video. There's, like, video of, like, 8mm of this, and it's horrifying to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's video of him pacing in front of the students starting to do a stage, like a Mm sit-in, and him talking to the National Guard and basically putting himself between the National Guard and the students. Jesus. So after he intervened, they started going. Other students were helping load people into ambulances. There weren't enough ambulances, so they were doubling up. There were students with structures loading people onto it, and there's a photo. There's a lot of photographs from this, but there's one particularly. There was a photojournalism student, John Filo, who captured a 14 year old runaway, Marianne Vecchio, Mm. screaming, literally screaming over the body of Jeffrey Miller, Mm. who unfortunately he had been shot in the mouth that Mm-mm. yeah he was gone
0: oh
1: poor um, guy and it became like it was at it was on the cover of people magazine it was in every newspaper and it's a very moving photo it's probably the and photo it also, of the decade yeah shows the chaos going around behind them mm. um guards claimed they were shot at first by a sniper shut up a sniper a sniper a student sniper? What, from on top of one of the faculty buildings? Yeah. yeah.
0: Fucking no. Yeah. No.
1: That was disproven. No fucking shit. Yeah. They also claimed they were surrounded and in danger, but that was also disproven based on the distance of the first shot and how many people they shot in the back. This is, that's. Who were running.
0: When you have to lie you know you did a, the bad thing you know you did it wrong
1: well and the thing is and <laughs> it, you still see this a lot in the fucking cops mentality when they walk into a protest they already believe they're in danger these people could do anything to yeah. me it's like these it's not people about want to kill me it's like i don't yeah. give a fuck about you yeah
0: no one is there because you're not of you. that
1: important yeah, no you're there trying to stop a
0: thing that is about a higher cause than yeah. yourself
1: yeah And you have a job to do. Great. Do your fucking job. Even the current protests that are against the
0: police, for the most part, people are not like, fuck this guy in particular. (laughs) Yes. Like, yeah, no. People are a little busy protesting something
1: higher and worse than you could ever do. The protest of an institution, if you're taking that personally as a member of that institution, what the fuck have you been doing, bud? Yeah.
0: I wonder if you might be a little bit a part of the problem if it bothers you so much that people are against corruption. If generalized
1: call-outs feel very personal to you, Hmm. mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) more fireball time. Mm -hmm. Now, unsurprisingly, Mm -hmm. the student strike that I mentioned did cause more than 450 campuses across the country to close Wow! because of the violent and nonviolent demonstrations happening on campus. Sure. And yeah. Yeah.
0: They it's funny how they took a problem we're trying to solve it and they made it so much worse. Right. Nationwide. Right. Worse. Hilarious.
1: And a common sentiment expressed by a lot of students especially at New York University was they can't kill us all. <laughs> oh shit. Which is not great. <laughs>
0: It's, it's not, not wrong. No, yeah, I was gonna say like it is. It, it is a mentality it that is. probably works. <laughs> it is, but those people are going to protest, also expecting to be shot, and yes. going anyway,
1: which is fair mm-hmm. because then on May eighth, eleven people were bayoneted at the University of New Mexico oh, by the Jesus. New Mexico National Guard. Bayoneted. Why do they have bayonets? You know they do. Uh, May eighth, there was also an anti-war protest. At New York's Federal Hall National Memorial, Mm -hmm. uh, which was met with a counter rally of pro Nixon construction workers. Oh, God. Which then resulted in the Hard Hat Riot. May 14th, 10 days after the Kent State shootings, two students were killed and 12 were wounded. By police at Jackson State University, which is a historically black university. Oh, in shit. In Jackson, Mississippi.
0: I did, I don't even think I knew that it like no. caused such a no. wave.
1: So that was the Jackson State killings. Um, but because it was a historically black university, it did not get nationwide attention. No, no. It was no. not white students that were killed. Of course. So they do not give a fuck.
0: And they could have continued to just talk about Kent State and not Absolutely. even mention Jackson.
1: Yeah. Uh, so a lot of students from Kent State after everything happened they went home they just they left school and they got a similar reaction that a lot of people coming back from Vietnam got a very hostile Mm. reception really yes Uh, a lot of people were told that more students should have been killed to teach the student protesters a lesson oh my god some students were disowned by their families uh yes yes which, okay. where have we heard this before? Gosh, what is that sentiment that they should have shot more people? Mm,
0: Gosh. Yeah. No, I've never heard that before. No, I've
1: never heard that mentioned anywhere ever. Especially Literally Not any... in the last year. No. In fucking Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah,
0: any anytime there's violence like that, there's always one contingency that believes it is never enough. Yeah. <laughs> like that you can just kill yeah. everybody who disagrees with you. Yeah. Jeez.
1: Hmm. Unsurprisingly, Nixon and his administration didn't handle this well. Oh, Emily, no. What? (laughs) No. What? No. No. Couldn't be. Oh, God. (laughs) God. So they were called out for being perceived as callous when, uh, so our friend, a good friend, Henry Kissinger, just said the president was pretending indifference.
0: What does that mean? I don't know. Also, why? <laughs> yeah. Why would you pretend indifference on a yeah. matter like this?
1: Like, at least our government has the decency to try and call for peace, I guess. Yeah. To be at like, least pretend to care. Right.
0: Like, we think this is bad. We are going to do almost nothing about it. But right. we would like to state openly yeah. that we think this is bad. That the loss of life is unacceptable. Right. That, I will say, like, that is... That's, like, baseline. It's so baseline. It's nothing, and yet it is the minimum thing that one should still do yep. morally. Uh, Nixon, you're saying Nixon didn't do that. No. That's, like, that's Trump shit. Trump didn't do that either. Yeah. So much violence under his watch. He never once said, we shouldn't be doing this. Nope. No. And that, like, everyone. And if he
1: did say that we shouldn't be doing this, it's because he was forced to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because
0: of the optics. It literally looks fucking awful to not at least call for peace.
1: Right. (laughs) And when presidential candidates and former presidents beat you to the punch. Yeah. You don't look
0: great. You don't look great. Like, I'm just, of all the things (laughs) to take out of Nixon's playbook, it's election stealing and it's this. Yes. (laughs) Like, come on.
1: Stanley Carnow uh, noted in his Vietnam a History book. That quote: The Nixon administration initially reacted to this event with wanton insensitivity. Get Literally it. three days before the shootings, Nixon had talked of quote bums, <laughs> who were anti-war protesters, on U.S. campuses. Yes, bums. And then one of the victims, the father of Allison Krauss, uh, then went on national TV and went, "My child was not a bum." You're
0: describing. The children of people.
1: Yeah. Who may even
0: be people who are giving you money. Right. Who believe in your shit. Yep. You're describing their children as bums while they are killed. And yep. uh, that's a step too far for most people. Yeah. Oh, God.
1: Uh, a Gallup poll, because we do love a good Gallup poll. Oh, we do. Taken the day after the shootings, reportedly showed that 58% of respondents blamed the students. 11% blamed the National Guard. And 31% had no opinion. Oh, those are but the worst ones. There was also no genuine information out because people were trying to spin it because that is what the Nixon administration did. Sure. Oh, we did something bad? Spin it! Yep. Spin it! Yeah. So, our four victims mm-hmm. who should not have died Jeffrey Miller, who, as I said, was shot through the mouth. Allison Krause, left chest wound, passed away. Hmm. William Knox Schroeder, chest wound, made it to the hospital, but passed away in surgery, and was a member of the ROTC battalion on campus. Shit. And then Sandra Lee Schauer, who was shot in the neck. Awful. Now, our survivors, Joseph Lewis Jr., Uh, was hit twice, once in the right abdomen and once in his lower left leg. And I believe he is the one who had flipped them off and then was intentionally shot again. Oh, wow. John Cleary, upper chest wound. Thomas Grace, he was hit in his left ankle. And this kind of just shows you the sporadicness of these shots. Mm -hmm. Um, Alan Canfora was hit in his wrist. Dean Kaler had a back wound that fractured his vertebrae, which then permanently paralyzed him. Oh, man. Douglas Rentmore was hit in his right knee. James Russell was hit in his right thigh from a bullet. And then it grazed on his right forehead by either bullet or birdshot, because a couple people had birdshot, because that makes sense for the National fucking Guard. What the fuck? It's like, was it bring your own bullet day? Apparently. Wow. Yeah. Robert Stamps was hit in his right buttock. <laughs> yeah. He was shot in the ass. That is... Not That's fun. honestly, arguably, best place you can be shot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Good for him. Um, Donald McKenzie was shot in the neck oh. and survived. And
0: survived. There was another guy shot in the neck and yes. killed. He was probably very close to dying. Yeah. That's just a really bad spot.
1: Of those shot, none were closer than 71 feet to the guardsmen. Oh, my God. They're not even that close. Of those killed, the nearest was Miller, who was 265 feet away. And the average distance from the guardsman was 345 feet. The victim furthest from the guard was 750 feet away. But yeah, they were in danger.
0: Yeah, no, of course. You, like you had said, they had been tear gassed, so they were retreating
1: and, and then being they shot.
0: pursued and then yeah, shot. And then they shot. Okay, you fucking cowards. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like... So Alan Canfora was friends with Jeffrey Miller hmm. and is now or at least was, when this article was written. He was the director of the Akron Law Library and Mm. has been active in politics, serving for 27 years as a chairman of the Democratic Party in Ohio. Oh, wow. And he has been a loud and vocal May 4th activist. You could say that this politicized him. Absolutely. (laughs) So he was an active participant in anti-war protests, but like... This kicked things into gear. It certainly didn't stop him. No. As I'm sure they would have wanted. He's Mm -hmm. on a May 4th task force. It's where he met his wife. Mm -hmm. And he is quoted as like saying that he feels bad that they couldn't do enough to stop people dying in Vietnam. (laughs)
0: Like that their protests still were not enough. they weren't loud enough. Even though they died doing it. Yeah. There
1: was Nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even how tragic how tragic it is over here, like so many so many more people died over there, even our own people. Yeah. Like yeah, I could I get feeling like it wasn't not that it wasn't worth it, but that it wasn't enough.
1: Yeah. So John Cleary was one who was shot in the chest. He was going to class. He was literally walking to class. He wasn't even part of the protest. No. And there's another photo of when you see like the photos of Kent State, there's like three that stand out. And one of them is these people surrounding someone laying on their back, and that's him. Mm. Where you're not sure if the person in the picture is alive or dead. Mm. And it's him, he's alive. Oh, um, God. Yeah. yeah. And he spent the summer recuperating. He was very proud that he was able to graduate on time. His goal was just to get back and complete his work. He became an architect. Hmm. And he didn't, he did the thing that I expected all of them to say they did, but not all of them did. He didn't go back to Kent State for many years until he started going back for the anniversaries after Hmm. his son attended Kent State.
0: Oh, wow. Imagine your son deciding, like, no, I'm going to go there.
1: Yeah. Wow. Thomas Grace uh, was a history major and hadn't planned to be at the protest, mm-hmm. even though he'd been vocally opposed to the war. But he reconsidered that morning, uh, and he quoted as saying he didn't want to shirk his responsibilities.
0: Interesting. He felt like he wasn't doing enough.
1: Yeah. And he shared an ambulance with Sandra who passed away in surgery. Mm. And um, so Dean Collar is our our one who unfortunately was paralyzed. Mm. Um, he was a Boy Scout and he said he knew as soon as he was hit he like he knew he was never walking again. Oh, imagine that being your first thought. Yeah. And he's uh, tried to have a steady presence in representing... The shooting victims talks about the difficulty of trying to bounce back. And he is said the first get well card he opened in the hospital was hate mail of someone telling him he wished they were dead. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, even back then people were fucking monsters. Yeah, they just couldn't DM you with it. They no, had to right. actually put a stamp on it.
0: Yeah. In a way that's worse. It's like they had to sit there and think about it while they hand wrote you a fucking letter or typed it on a goddamn typewriter. It takes longer to do that. You have to go to the get a stamp. Like like <laughs>
1: Yeah. Imagine. Jesus. Yeah. Um, he did start running in races in his wheelchair. Nice. Um, unfortunately, due to vascular problems of being in a wheelchair. He had to have his feet amputated in 2009, mm. but he says he's still grateful to have survived, and he's taken part in 60 races the year he turned 65. Oh,
0: wow. Wow, good
1: for him. Uh, yeah. So he this still lives in Ohio. Jacked. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. He still lives in Ohio. Yeah, and he... Is the Kent State spring commencement speaker? Oh. Who like he was selected for that, but then Corona happened. You know. Oh, so like really Uh, recently recently they were like, No, we want you to be our spring commencement speaker.
0: Oh, that would have been so cool. I
1: I really hope that he could do it again at another time. So too. Um, Joseph Lewis was a freshman Mm. studying pre professional social work when he was shot. I can't even imagine you're a freshman, like you're like a baby, like a little baby. Right. You are barely an adult. Yeah. He was shot in the abdomen and then in the ankle. And yes, he is the one. He is the one. Okay. So he like got a guardsman to admit in court that they purposely shot him. Whoa. Even though he was already down. So and, this is the guy who was yeah, in the doorway. The yeah. Flips off the people. Yeah. And then got shot again. After and he was down.
0: That's how he knows it's on purpose, because he yes. got somebody to admit that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. And he said there was a high school girl that he remembers very vividly who, like, stayed with him and held his hands while they waited for help. And then, like, stayed with him at the hospital. Wow. That's the thing. So you said, like, that a couple times
0: now that, that it's it was not just college students who were no. there. There were high school students, too. One of those girls was like 14. Yeah. In that photo. Yep. Like, they could have killed minors. They could have killed students who didn't even go there. Yep. Like. Yep. It could have been so much more awful. Yep. Ugh.
1: But that's also how big that protest was, that people were coming from all over town. Yeah. So, a quote from our good Joseph Lewis. I was afraid I was going to die, but I wasn't afraid of dying. I said the act of contrition and told God I was sorry for all my sins. And then they hauled me away to an ambulance. Yeah.
0: I mean, we, we, t- we cover people like that a lot where it's like yeah. they face the moment yep. where they're like, I'm, I'm, making, like okay. yeah, I'm making my peace. Here we go. Yep. I'm done. If they're
1: religious, mm-hmm. you know, they start going through that.
0: Right. And then they just happen to live. Yep. It just, it sounds like a lot of these people had really similar injuries to the people who died. Mm -hmm. And it's like any one of them could have gone.
1: Yeah. And he calls out something that like not a lot of the other people have talked about. He said, I I was dealing with what we now call PTSD, Mm -hmm. but there was no care or counseling for that. Awful." And he also had survivor's guilt because he was standing much closer to the guard than those who were killed. Mm. So he very much felt like he should not be alive. Well, unfortunately, a bullet doesn't really care. No. Our next survivor, Donald Scott McKenzie, had, like, just transferred in, like, two years before to Kent State. Mm. Looking for a less isolated, active campus. Well. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You did get that. Yeah. And this is another one, um, a quote, I was at the far end of the parking lot observing what was going on. I turned and ran the opposite way. I remember someone saying, don't run. They're only shooting blanks. A yeah. second later, a steel jacketed bullet hit the back of his neck, missing his spine by half an inch. Oh, my God. And then exited out of his left cheek. Is so he, his, he's the one that was the furthest away. Yeah.
0: Like 700 yards yeah. or some shit like that. Wow.
1: And like, could you imagine being the person being like, they're only shooting blanks and yeah. then watching someone's face explode in front of you. Right.
0: And you're, you're like,
1: oh. oh, OK, that's not blanks. Nope. So his jaw was obviously shattered. Hmm. So it was wired shut for several months. Oof. He did return to Kent that fall and completed his courses. Jesus. And then traveled. He was like, nope. Bye. <laughs> I'm not uh, doing any more than that. I can't believe he came back at all. I know. Wow. that's the, the craziest thing yeah. um, he then earned he went back to Pennsylvania earned his master's and his doctorate in industrial designs wow and he made custom furniture for a while before starting to teach at Montana State University and then later Dakota State University teaching design and then digital arts good for him yeah so um, James Russell unfortunately passed away in 2007 of a heart attack but he Mm. survived the shooting um and he like they talked about that he was still pretty close with a lot of the other survivors and they talked regularly oh sure and then robert stamps also passed away uh, in 2008 from lyme disease and got pneumonia Oh, shit. And he was studying Spanish and sociology when he was shot. And he went on to become a parole officer and an addictions counselor Hmm. and a published author. Wow. So the nine survivors um, do call themselves the Blood Brothers because they all shed blood on Kent State's campus. Hmm. Uh, And, like, the thing is, like, they didn't really even know each other beforehand because when you go to a school that big. Oh, yeah. You don't meet most of the people. Yeah. But through recovery and the multitude of court cases, publicity, oh God, Congress yeah. hearings, like, they got to know each other very well. I'm sure it's years of crap. Yeah.
0: Wow. I mean, a lot of these people went on to do, like, so much with their lives, right. which is so nice. And I they, hope stayed, they, they stayed
1: connected. Yeah. And they also stayed connected with the university. And they kept coming back. Right. Which also, like, reminds me of our survivors of the genocide who From kept last going time. back. Yeah. Because they felt responsibility to keep the story alive mm-hmm. and to keep the victims' memories alive mm-hmm. and to not let people bury this.
0: Right. Like, that's how you find the strength to do it, is you just want people to know what happened. So, And yeah. you're the one who was there, so yep. you have to keep... You have to carry the torch. Yeah. Nuts.
1: A lot of them had kids and grandkids, got married...
0: Some of them Traveled. apparently went to Kent State. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. This is where your dad was shot. Okay, I'm going.
0: Bye. Thank you. I mean, can you imagine taking the fucking campus no. tour and being like, no. Dad, is this the place? They have a memorial there now. Wow. Well, good. They should. They should. They should absolutely have one of those. <laughs> I'm glad I'm uh, like that. That means that people who go to Kent State now still have to look at that and be like, wow, a real thing really happened here. A real shitty thing happened here because people were protesting. Yep. A thing which we still do and need to do right now. Yeah. That's nuts. It's a sad story. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, it's like inspiring in some ways. I think like those people were the fact that they were shot at and then they were like. Oh, we're not going anywhere. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I know what you want from us, but we're not going to give you that. We'll get yeah. shot again. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like that. The courage in that—it's a bit much, but it's great. uh, well, thank you very much for that. Um, I, I usually say that sarcastically, and I am saying it sarcastically, but also genuinely. Yeah, there's I'm a there's a my double. second fireball. Yeah, there. Yeah, I'm gonna actually pour a little bit of my. <laughs> What's left of my? Oh yeah, into that's this. gonna go well with that. Exactly. Apple. I gotta and I gotta stir up the uh, the caramel. This will go well with uh, with peppermint. No, you're right. Mm. We should harp noise, we and should. we'll return to something completely different. <laughs> you want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily thinks she has some ideas as to what I'm doing. I do. You might be right. I think you're doing Jamie Claus. No. That's <gasps> a good one, though. Oh, Such a good one. That's, I think that should still be on the list. It should, because I want to get mad about
1: that press conference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think you should probably do that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although I was, you were the one I was messaging as I was raging about so the So true. Conference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Claus is one for another day. When We always wanted to wait when there yeah. was as much info as there yeah. would ever be out. Yeah. Like, that's when we would do it um some time. Um, yeah. Usually it takes a few years yeah. to really be like, all right, this okay, is I'm what ready we know. going to talk about it. Yeah.
1: It's a very traumatic thing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: That's the other thing about that one. This one's not true crime. Oh. Yeah. So, it is May 26th, 2013. Okay. And Harrison Okene is a cook aboard a small tugboat. Oh! <laughs> With a crew of eleven other men. Yes. Called the AHS Jascon Four. Which just sounds super sci-fi. It's an oil company boat. Like <laughs> he's looking at me like yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh I just nudged everything. I got my second fireball. I might as well open it here. Yeah. Um I'm so. almost half done with it. <laughs> Jesus. It's stationed. Al- well, I finished my coffee. That's what I focused on last time. My coffee and one fireball. I
1: focused on the fireball and my coffee then.
0: Very fair. So this, again, this is an oil company boat. It's a tugboat. It's stationed alongside several other boats like it next to a massive oil tanker. So they're like, the tugboats are there to stabilize the tanker by yeah. like, sort of like, like pulling and releasing at, yeah. at strategic times. Um, The tanker is filling up 20 miles off the coast of Nigeria. Harrison is 29 years old and it is 430 in the morning and he gets up because he has to pee. Fair. I don't know if he's planning to stay awake. Maybe he's got shit to do like cooking to do that early in the morning, but he's up to pee regardless. Sure. You have to leave your bunk. Yeah. He has to, like, full-on unlock the door because Whoa. you lock yourselves in. There's piracy oh, in these waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so you the lock the
1: coast of Nigeria, yeah.
0: Yeah. So not only do you lock the boat, like, any entrance on the side of the ship in into the boat is yeah. locked. So are all the individual quarters. Interesting. So he unlocks that. He goes into the bathroom. Takes a piss. What's the opposite of luck? Because it's, it's what Harrison has. It's like... <laughs> He's the only one out of his bunk.
1: Bad fortune. Yeah,
0: I guess. Yeah, No luck. Uh, bad uh, luck, I guess. I guess luck is just one way or the other. Harrison was the only one out of his bunk, out of all 12 total crew members, including himself, when a rogue wave oh yes. hits the JASCON 4 broadside and nope. capsizes it like it's nothing. Nope. It's not a huge boat. It's got a crew of 12 people. It's not a nothing boat, but it is, it is gonna, capsizable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, Rogue Waves capsize boats much bigger than that.
0: Yeah. And, and when things happen, they start happening very
1: fast. Like I said, everyone else
0: is locked inside their individual cabins. So when they wake up and see the water just sort of coming in from different areas, they have to find the key and unlock their own places some of them might not even wake up fast enough to do that so once once things capsize basically the jascon just just starts sinking there's nothing that's going to stop it there's no No. way of riding the boat it's just sinking now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's no there's nothing any of them can do except for get out of bed and try to make their way to escape hatches strategically placed throughout the boat harrison in the bathroom in his underwear he's in a slightly better position than everybody else But as he opens the bathroom door, he is pushing against the weight of water,
1: yeah, rushing in,
0: and it's too much, so much. He does manage to force the door open. He's kind of a big guy, Harrison. Yeah, yeah. they actually one one of the um, things I read uh, said he was chubby, which I thought was rude. (laughs) It's like you didn't need to describe him.
1: He's just a little more built. It's fine. This is
0: 2013. There are pictures of this man. Yes. Like, you don't need to... There's no (laughs) need to get Victorian on him. Yeah, like, whatever, guys. But he, yeah, he's not a a tiny guy or a weak guy. No. So he forces this door open, and he sees... It's pitch black, but he can see the shadows of of three of his fellow crewmates who have all made it out of their rooms. And in the hall, they're sort of swimming, and they've started to link together, and he comes with them... To try to pull themselves out of the escape hatch. Sure. And this is a quote from Harrison. Three guys were in front of me and suddenly water rushed in full force. I saw the first one, the second one, the third one just washed away. I knew these guys were dead. Like just they're out of the boat somehow. Like they might have opened the escape hatch and been absolutely torn out through it and and they drown. And he knows that right away. The same surge of water pushes Harrison away from the hatch, down the hallway, and into another bathroom. Just a second. <laughs> he's, he's all bathrooms, this guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And the boat continues to fill with water until it sinks all the way down to the bottom, which, 20 miles offshore, it's about 100 feet deep. So the boat is 100 feet from the surface.
1: It's still enough for a bit of a pressure change.
0: Oh, Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The pressure is a thing. So now alone and unable to see his way out, Harrison realizes that he, he'd been swept through the boat and he was really dinged up from hitting things, but he's totally alive and he's submerged in water and his head though is left in this small air pocket in the corner of the bathroom, which is upside down. So the boat has capsized and and just stayed upside down and hit the the sea floor, and so he is hanging on to an upturned what they call a wash basin. Does that mean the sink? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hoped so. Yes. Because the animation I watched, it was a toilet, and I was like, I don't know if that's what a wash basin is, guys.
1: No, that should be a sink.
0: Is it a bidet? I have no idea.
1: What what ship has a bidet?
0: I mean a Nigerian one. I have no okay. idea. That's
1: fair. <laughs> That's fair. This is also this whole story is why I am a nowhere person. For that real. Is. This
0: this story straight Ooh. up. No thank you. Ooh. No. Ugh. So he is hanging on to the base of this sink, which is on the ceiling, and keeping his head in this little Air pocket, just one spot where there is no water. And he stays there for nearly a day. Quote, I was very, very cold and it was black. I couldn't see anything. Now, fortunately, when the Jascon 4 capsized, those other tugboats realized it pretty much immediately. I'm yeah. sure they were also rocked by the wave, but sure. just weren't fucked up in the same way. Yeah. And rescue efforts begin right away. Good. Rescue boats, helicopters, they're all called in. But for whatever reason, like, the, the boat sank fast enough that that the most viable option was to send a diving crew down after it. And so they send this initial crew, like, just it's who they've got. It's not deep sea divers, that's for sure. So they send them down, and... They are able to locate the wreck on the ocean floor fairly easily because there's all this fucking silt all around it. Like, it's yeah. obviously, it's right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, what's this?
0: Right. But again, these aren't deep-sea divers. They no. don't have the gear for no. that, so they can't stay down there very long. It's too much pressure. Yep. Um, So they can find the boat, and they realize, like, they're not finding people who have scrambled to the surface. Yeah. They're not finding people alive there is no evidence of a survivor they believe pretty fast that everyone on board is dead and so they halt initial rescue rescue efforts almost within a day so basically once the rescued efforts stop they just decide like okay this is this wreck is considered lost the crew is lost there is no there's no signs of life not at all meanwhile deep below in the submerged boat, Harrison is worried about running out of air.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah. He's in he's in quite a little air pocket in this but very to,
1: like I have to wonder because water is part oxygen. So as the water evaporates, does it create oxygen? I don't remember. Um, my I think chemistry days. I
0: think mainly that's not part of this, mostly because of something I will discuss. And it's honestly, doesn't it's the
1: cycle, the carbon dioxide. Right.
0: It's really, and it's also the pressure hmm. of it. It's not, evaporation isn't happening down there necessarily. Okay, but that is an interesting point, especially the carbon dioxide thing. Yeah. We will absolutely discuss that.
1: Okay. So, I'm
0: scared. <laughs> so, meanwhile, he's down there this bathroom itself is about four feet wide by four feet wide so like there's small it's a little it's a little room this is a very little air pocket he's breathing it in for almost a day and he's like I gotta go from here this I can't stay here yep I know that yep but getting up the courage to decide that he's going to take as deep a breath as he can and go underwater again and hope that he finds somewhere to come up like that's my worst fear that's terror I can't. What if you don't?
1: Look. OK, because here's the thing. You.
0: you I don't. You, I wouldn't want
1: to, like, open a door and be like, what up,
0: shark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've hit on something that I didn't even consider, because that's a very fair point. But to Sharks me. Sharks
1: love shipwrecks.
0: <laughs> Sharks do love shipwrecks. If that, if that, <laughs> if Ariel... Has taught me
1: anything. Sharks
0: love shipwrecks and Nemo. But to me, there is enough fear in you go under the surface of the water and you never find a place to resurface. There's just no other spot. So, like, I don't know if I would have had the courage to do what he does here. Because he takes a deep breath and he goes down under the water and he... It's too dark to see anything. So yep. he's feeling around, swimming but also feeling his way out of this bathroom, down the hall. Eventually he makes his way into a what turns out to be an officer's quarters. And it's just a big bedroom basically. And he finds he comes up and he finds that there is something to come up into and it is another air pocket. About four feet tall. It's much bigger than the one he was just at, and he starts prying the um, like the wood paneling off of the walls, and he uses that to like keep himself up above the water. It's just buoyant enough. It's like made Smart. out of thin wood, yeah. And he finds the mattress in the in the bedroom, yeah. so he just piles all of that together, and he is able to use that to lift his body part way out of the water i think it would have been like a jack on the door situation if he'd gotten all the way onto that stuff it would have sunk yeah but if he only keeps part of himself out of the water then he can door situation (laughs) i mean they prove on mythbusters that yes they could have technically fit on the door but they would have been too heavy and the door would have sunk so he's made it to a better spot. For now, yes. it's completely miraculous that he happened to find this. is a completely submerged, all the way down to the bottom of the ocean boat, and he finds maybe the only two air pockets in the whole fucking thing. Who knows? Yeah, but he's there, and he lifts himself out of the water enough that he isn't freezing as much. Um, they, I did hear that the surface of the water in this in this area of the world is about eighty one degrees, but hundred feet down, it's not that warm. The sun doesn't no. reach. It's not ice fucking cold. It's not like he's in the arctic, but it is cold. Yeah, it's fucking cold. It's not so, pleasant. So yeah, so it's getting even sitting
1: in like 50 degree water for a little while.
0: Yeah, you get cold. You turn fucking yeah. blue. I was the I was the kid who uh, my lips would turn purple within 10 minutes of being in a pool. Oh my god. Like I was just one of them skin and bones
1: motherfuckers. Wow. <laughs> and you now I'm my ass was a mermaid <laughs> looking underwater checking the deep end for sharks because I was convinced they were coming up through the drains glass shark glass shark specifically through the drains of the deep end so I would dive down and I would check the drains every time I dive down yeah making sure there were no sharks
0: it's I I would want to do that but I usually couldn't hack it unless it was a heated pool anyway (laughs) (laughs) so so he's doing his best um he is He's, he's, he's doing better than his best. Absolutely. Like Holy he's, shit. He's avoiding succumbing to hypothermia. Yeah. He's found a way to breathe. He's doing okay. Somewhere along the way, he also located a bottle of Coke. Nice. I have no idea where he would have found Probably that. floating. Or how. Yeah, but like you can't see. So he must have grabbed Long. on and been like, that yeah. sure is a bottle of Coke. <laughs> so he he's take sips of that slowly. Good. And that's all he consumes for the next two and a half fucking days Ugh. so he's already been there a day he's got 60 hours to go so, <laughs> so Harrison, for
1: like fish or something nope to start bugging him I mean okay they don't
0: bug him but we'll get to that oh my god there's nothing Whoa! there's there's yeah there's oh, nothing no. to eat or drink but this bottle of coke but there are fish and they are around yeah, and there are dead people. More than sharks love a shipwreck. Regular-ass fish <laughs> love a shipwreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. It could have been so much more time that he was down there, though. It could have been for fucking ever. Yes. He's incredibly lucky. What happens next is that within this amount of time that he is down there waiting to run out of air mm-hmm. or starve to death, the Chevron Oil Company, which is the oil tanker that he had been, the t- like, tug boating for, um, it was a Chevron one. So the Chevron Oil Company, they send out a ship called the Lewick Toucan to the site of the wreckage, and this time with a, a, a team of experienced deep-sea divers. Good. Yes. And they've got a crew that is there to monitor all of their shit all of their gear and the like gopro style cameras that that one of them will go down with um they've got microphones they're fully rigged up yeah um
1: i mean it's chevron yeah i mean they've got the money they've got the money to send professional people down
0: so they are there to they're there to dive to locate bodies no one's thinking about finding a survivor no they're way beyond that it's been like a day and a half so they're just going to go down there and get as many of the bodies as they can possibly find to return them to their families for a proper burial, the Fair. way you do. Yeah. Down in the wreck, Harrison is thinking about his family. He has a wife of five years. They have no children together as of yet, but he had been hoping to be a father. <laughs> he, he remembers that on the night of the wreck, that, he, that his wife had called him and told him about some verses from the Bible. They're both very religious. Mm-hmm. So she had read some verses to him, and in this moment, when he's very afraid, he remembers those verses, and he repeats them, and he calls out to God and Jesus to, add, you know, to ask for their help. Um, he's also worrying about his crewmates, wondering if anyone else is alive. It's possible that somebody made it out of the ship, and he just didn't see it happen. No. But all evidence points to no. no. Quote, I could perceive the dead bodies of my crew were nearby. I could smell them. The fish came in and began eating the bodies. I could hear the sound. It was horror. He can hear the fish splashing and munching on the dead bodies of his friends. Yeah.
1: I know that sound. What? (laughs) Emily. (laughs) The sound of fish eating? Sure. Yeah. It's not silent. No. And it's very weird, especially when it's like potato chips or something with substance. Is it like? Bananas. Yeah, it's like... Uh, and or the ma- when they
0: bite you. Fish can really tear you apart if they've got the right stuff. And mm-hmm. like these guys, yeah, they're nibbling on some dead bodies. Yeah. And he can smell and hear Ugh. it. it's so, awful. You know, it's truly, it's, it's a horror show down there. Back on the surface, a team of six divers split into two groups so that three men are always diving at once. And the other three are like recuperating or preparing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you can only um, be down there
0: for a certain amount of time. Right. Technically. So got- yeah. They've got a couple people um on the ship helping them to review camera footage, listening to them in the microphones, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, they expect this retrieval to be difficult since the boat was upside down and a lot of the silt that had been churned up when the boat fell had not yet settled, so mm. visibility is shit down Ooh. there. Even though they have they have torches, they have like waterproof flashlights essentially. Yeah. You still can't see fuck no, all. Not like, <laughs> So the second dive team was led by a man named Nico Van Heerden, who was wearing the camera and the attached microphone that he used to communicate with the surface. And they spent most of their dive attempting to get into the ship, which is annoying. It was locked, like I mentioned before, from the inside. Yeah. So just busting in was hard enough. But once they're in... They had to slowly navigate through the ship, upside down, strewn with debris. Like, he mentions that it's, like, really difficult to get your bearings because, like, furniture's upside down. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just everything's floating and there's so much.
1: Well, and, like, that's the thing with ships is a lot of shit is bolted. It has to be, right? Tables, chairs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, everything they're seeing, it's all upside down. And it's just odd because there's already no, like, up in the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. So... They're navigating as slowly as they can through the ship, finding bodies here and there. Unfortunately, that is what they're there to do. It just sucks every time. They're going for a couple of hours, and they find one body, and then another, and then another. And they take turns bringing them back to the surface. They can't just, like, go to the surface. I imagine what they do is actually, like, tie something to a body and send it up there's yeah. no way that they are going up and down and up and no. down once feet. you go
1: up you can't go back down immediately yeah
0: no it's too it's too much i i would imagine that they're floating bodies yeah, up. yeah. so they found four bodies when nico enters a new area of the ship and he passes through it pretty quickly quickly looking for more bodies and our guy harrison sees the light from the flashlight pass by outside the room he's in quote he came in but he was too fast So I saw the light before I could get to him. and He was already out. I tried to follow him in the pitch darkness, but couldn't trace him. So I went back. Oh, like imagine knowing someone is there. Yeah. Like a little bit earlier, he had heard what he thought was the sound of an anchor falling on the the seafloor next to the ship. And then he heard some people sort of rattling around and he can't get their attention. He's banging on stuff and they can't hear him. And then a flashlight goes by and he can't get to the guy fast enough.
1: They yeah, they can't they can't hear him either. No, they're underwater. And he Probably doesn't have the strength to really like.
0: Yeah, I mean he's had nothing to eat or drink for multiple days in a row. Yeah, and like the sea water's fucking like it's too cold. You don't have the muscle strength anymore. Yeah, and also your skin's getting absolutely like sloughed off your body because yeah. you can't be wet like that for that long. He no. said the skin on his tongue was coming off. Yeah. Not cool, so he's having a hard time. Um, but Harrison waits. He goes back to where he can be, sort of out of the water in the air bubble, and he waits, and Nico eventually swims back toward the room. And this time, Harrison enters the water and he swims as fast as he can toward Nico, and he's, he was speaking with the diving gear and the headset and all of that, like Nico can't hear him quote. So I tapped him on the back of his neck. Oh,
1: my God. So
0: he was afraid. Yeah. That's part of the quote. So he was afraid. Because it's (laughs) water
1: moving next to you. Something big. Your first instinct is sharp. Uh, See, this
0: guy's first instinct, because he felt a tap of, like, very distinctly a finger. In the camera footage, this used to exist. I couldn't find it. But the camera footage of this rescue used to exist online. And in the camera footage... And Nico says, corpse, a corpse, a corpse, a corpse. Like he is he is grossed out. He's like, oh, oh god, it's touching god. me. It's fucking touching me. When he feels this touch, and he believes that a body has obviously just floated up and touched him. Oh god. And his hand sort of reaches out. And in the video, you see Harrison's hand come up and grab him. Oh. <laughs> so, like, imagine being the guy on the ship above. Like, oh, God, fuck. <laughs> like, like, you believe a fucking zombie has just touched this dude. Shit. There is no one alive down here, surely. No. And yet, so Nico Surprise! feels his hand. Yeah. And he's heard saying, he's alive, he's alive. So oh. Nico, Nico follows Harrison back to his little air pocket home. Where the diver uses, somehow he uses like hot water. I don't know how he has that, but he uses hot water to raise Harrison's body temperature. He gives him an oxygen mask. And so, and then the other divers join them and they have to carefully maneuver Harrison out of the ship. Again, he's weakened as we were talking about. And he's completely fucking saturated with water. He's becoming hypothermic. One of the divers described Harrison as delirious when they found him. Yeah. I would be. I uh-huh. get it. This so generous. Yeah. So you mentioned the pressure before. Yeah. He's 100 feet below sea level. Like, that's not the deepest anyone's ever dived no. before. But it is not shallow water. This is deep diving, officially. Like, there's a mark-off point where it's deep, and this is deep. And Harrison's been down there for three days. So his body is not ready to just come back to the surface. They can't just bring him up all of them wouldn't survive that but mostly him
1: yeah he's been under for too long
0: he's not only been under the pressure of a hundred feet of water however you really count the math of that because it's like a hundred feet above you but then there's all of this all around you the pressure of water all around you yeah your body adapts to that how it can and you can't adapt to just not experiencing that and It's the same thing with the air in the air bubble that he was breathing. The air in the air bubble was also compressed. So there was more oxygen in that air bubble than there would have been normally had it been on the surface. That is why he was able to breathe for 60 hours in a four foot air bubble, because normally he would have run out. He's breathing in oxygen. He's exhaling CO2 that is toxic. He should have suffocated. Yeah. But the air is compressed enough that there's enough oxygen in there that he could breathe it for longer. And you yeah, mentioned to be running low. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. You mentioned also that um, the water absorbing the CO2, that is something water does. And him moving around within the water is probably something that saved him. He, would, he increased the surface area of the water and increased the amount of CO2 it absorbed. So he was saving himself by moving around as well. But it is absolutely true that he was found at the exact right time. That guy had less than maybe two hours left of viable air. Like literally he was, he could not have been found at a better time. He would not have lived if they didn't find him right when they did. So because of all this pressure and these, these things he'd been living under, they needed to bring down a diving bell which, yep. for people who don't know, is they they tune the diving bell to be the same pressure as where you've been diving, basically, and they lower it down to your level. You get inside it. It mimics the same pressure as the water, and they bring you back up to the surface in that amount of pressure so that your body doesn't get shocked.
1: So they use diving bells a lot, and I actually have a diving bell story. Mm-hmm. Uh they used it a lot with like the oil rigs oh sure of just having people basically living in the diving bells so they're always used to that so pressure always at that pressure for like 24 to 72 hours Shit, yeah you just leave them down there so then they could go out and do their underwater welding and repairs and everything because otherwise just come they have back to go to the up bell. down yeah. up down and up, it's yeah and like there's a certain amount of time you have to have in between those
0: mm-hmm These guys, so they they came up in the diving belt, and then they had to be transferred very carefully into a decompression chamber, Mm -hmm. which is the same thing, except that you can adjust the level of pressure slowly until it is back to normal levels. Yeah. So it's the slowest and safest way to bring somebody back to regular surface levels of pressure. Because otherwise, if you were to just send him up, he would have died. Yep, 100% he would have died. The divers wouldn't have been doing well either, but especially Harrison would not have lived. The
1: fact that they had people who knew that. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 2013. Saved. But like yeah. some some companies have been known uh, <laughs> to cut
0: corners as it were. Yeah, that's fair. I think um I think this was pretty big news. Yeah. And I don't think that Chevron would have wanted like they lost a ship of of men. Yeah, And it's and it's kind of on their watch. And I think they probably would have wanted the optics of saving the dude um, as best as they could. So, you know, even if it's not altruistic, they did still save Harrison's life with some careful thinking. Yeah. He had to spend uh, 60 hours in the decompression chamber, the same amount of time he spent in the second air bubble, along with the divers. There's, like, pictures of them just, like, taking selfies together, chilling. <laughs> Like a bunch of German sounding dudes and Harrison, a Nigerian oh. man. Oh. <laughs> Just like really having a great time. Don't even know if they speak the same language. <laughs> but um, he was, again, he was saved absolutely in the nick of time. He almost would not have made it. If he had not been able to get Nico's attention the second time around, they could oh, have left him been, behind. Yeah. A million things could have happened that would have led to Harrison not living. As it stands. He did promise God when he was down there that if uh, he got him out of this, that he would never go onto the sea again. Oh. And uh, he has kept that promise. Harrison is a cook now on dry ass land. Good. He will never go on a boat ever again. One sad thing is that he does have PTSD from this incident. Um, his wife describes that he wakes up in the middle of the night sometimes and says that they are drowning, um, that there's water surrounding their bed. Um, Yeah. He thinks that he wakes up a lot and thinks that he's sinking still. Yeah. Um, But he also said that he couldn't go to the funerals of the other men because um, superstition led people to believe that he was in a way cursed because he was the only one who did not die. Yeah, so he was not allowed that's an to go. old
1: fisherman's thing. If you were like the sole survivor of a shipwreck, yeah. it was very bad luck to have you on the another deck of a ship.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, and he so just it makes didn't sense that
1: that would expand then to the funerals and stuff.
0: Yeah, and he, you know, he just was like, "This is fine." He said he had an old professor of his ask him if he had no. It was a pastor. He had a pastor ask him if he had used black magic to survive, and oh. he was like, "You're a pastor." <laughs> No, I prayed no? the way you would have wanted me to. <laughs> you fucker. You dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. And I did Google because, mm-hmm. in the period of time where I was looking at a bunch of diving survivor stories and, like, especially cave diving, mm-hmm. there's a certain depth that you then start having these issues and oh, you start sure. getting, like, the nitrous sickness. Yes. And you have to use the mixed air Mm -hmm. of like oxygen and nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. And it's once you're diving below 50 feet. Okay. So 50 to 100 feet. So Mm -hmm. his being at the absolute bottom is kind of insane that he's still alive. I think Harrison
0: probably got lucky 20 times in a row. like, And he is still here and he's doing okay. He was 29 when this happened to him in 2013. He's not that old. He's still doing just fine. But like... Yeah. What a nut bar thing to survive. Um, that's that's the reason why I was like, oh, maybe I do want to do this story. Because yeah. like, I didn't know a lot of that. I no, knew I've that seen he, the picture. Yeah. I knew that he survived for three days mm-hmm. in a sunken ship. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I didn't know all that other stuff about finding multiple air pockets and and having to get the attention of the diver. Like, nuts. No. I was like, OK, that's enough. I will do the story now. Um. Yeah, I think Harrison might be one of our luckiest people that we have ever yeah. fucking talked about. I was
1: really genuinely ready for there to be sharks.
0: Oh yeah, I know, right? I fucking
1: I, I, ready. I'm
0: hoping because it was so sealed off in there that a shark could. They might have been around, but they couldn't make it inside yeah, the ship. Yeah, the
1: doors were all. It's the, the fish l- can. It was creep the little through, guys. Like blown out windows and stuff. But yeah.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't need Go another thing. Oh way. So yeah, that's that's our story and we're sticking to it all right that's oh shit we about to wrap episode 98 (gasps) 98 i don't want to give too much away about our next episode but um i do want to warn people that it's going to be different yeah a little bit yeah we have called
1: in some favors
0: we have a real human being yeah who we're going to talk to who survived some real shit yeah and we're gonna interview her. Yeah. And we're gonna be—you'll be proud of us—stone cold sober.
1: Stone cold sober. Um,
0: as we really probably should for do handling something so uh yes, <laughs> real <laughs> and personal to a human being. We are so excited to have her on. Her name is Susan. I, I it's gonna be awesome. We're recording this weekend. I'm I'm stoked and I'm scared. We've never really done good. this before.
1: Yeah, and then we have something extra special planned for episode 100.
0: Keep tuned. Yeah. To this, because we've got we've got some cool stuff happening yeah. in yeah. the lead up to our hundredth episode. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about God. it. It's gonna be sick as hell. Yeah. All right. You should absolutely be like Harrison. Yeah. You should, oh my God, in this day and age, you should be
1: You should be like every single one of the people at that protest. Yeah.
0: Whether they survived or not, yeah. you should you should have their courage. Stand for your rights. Mm-hmm. Um Stand your ground uh, in the only good way. In the only good way. <laughs> yeah, not in that shitty Florida way.
1: <laughs> uh. no,
0: stand up for what you believe in even when the other party has a gun. Um, and have
1: the confidence in those around you. So go with people that you trust and that you know. There are people who will try to help. There are yes. always
0: people who will help. Thank you guys for joining us once again. We hope you have a very good night, and I hope that you never, ever, 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 ever forget your can of quarters—more like a sock of quarters—that you can stop keep in your purse. Stop asking New yours because this one water, water was deserved the most for this one. No, Harrison
1: <laughs> does not need more water. <laughs> He deserves a can of beans. <laughs> he probably could have used
0: a can of beans. What were the quarters for in your fucking fiction?
1: <laughs> so it's not really a can of quarters. It's a sock of quarters. This is a pro tip for everyone going to a protest. If you can't bring a can of soup for your family, you can have a sock, particularly a tube sock. Of quarters? Can it be a can of quarters this that you is put a in a sock? Street at least? fighting kind of thing. But I'm it trying also to maintain a
0: theme here.
1: Don't forget your um, sock of quarters. <laughs> don't forget your sock because of quarters. if asked, then it's just for laundry.
0: Right, for your family, and not
1: laundry for your family, <laughs> and not a tube sock with a nice handle that you can wrap around and swing. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs>